You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. So good to see you all. Wow, this is awesome. This is uh, the fullest this room has been for a little while. We had a good number in our first service, but... Um, it's just so beautiful, and uh, we've done, I mean, the team have done such a phenomenal job over the last few months of, like, keeping church on online, and those that you are joining us online right now, we extend our love and our welcome to you, but I got to say, it is uh, so good to not be predominantly uh, preaching to a camera um, but actually to know there are people here in the space. And uh, I also just want to add my huge thanks and gratitude and love to those five incredible interns that just stepped up here. Uh, you have no idea what a blessing they have been. They've worked their socks off. And as Esther has said, they've just done it with such amazing attitude and we're, we're going to miss them. You know when you have young people around you, I mean like I'm not young anymore, young people are great, they just like bring so much joy and energy and uh, it's going to be kind of quiet around here a little bit I think so uh, we miss them but as Esther said you know you can't outgive God and, and I, I know that as they've sown a year of their life into the kingdom of God, the church here directly when they could have headed for the marketplace uh, to earn money and they've sowed into the kingdom, uh, that God is going to bless them like a first fruits, I think, the first fruits of their lives of young people. And uh, so, yeah, I'm excited about that. Well, this has been so great to hear the sound of singing in the house of God. And this is a, a massive moment. I, I mean, I know we're not entirely sure how things are going to play out in the coming months and you know we're still wearing face masks and visors and those sorts of things but this is a moment after 16 months of uh, the church just suddenly well the world suddenly going into a lockdown the UK going into a lockdown March 2020 and to be here in the way that we are today is just phenomenal and I also want to say such a huge thank you to all of you for your faithfulness over the season, those of you that are online here in the room, for faithfully continuing as part of the body of Christ here. Thank you for praying. Thank you for praying for the church. The Bible encourages us to pray for the saints. And those of you that have prayed, thank you for praying for the team here. Thank you for those of you that have prayed for me and Esther. We need that. We always need that. We have so needed that in the last year plus. And I just want to say thank you. And those that have served in some of the particular ways of uh, keeping ministry strong, our life group leaders, uh, those that have uh, worked in ministries, helping run ministries and growth track and mission and the, the list could go on and on and our production and worship team who have been so consistent. Thank you. Awesome. Well, today it is my privilege to introduce to us a brand new sermon series that's going to run over the summer period called Finding Strength. Finding Strength. I wonder if we can say together, Finding 
strength, finding strength in God. And we're going to camp around this idea that the God who made the heavens and the earth, the one who is sublime and is eternal and is unique and is worthy of all praise and honor and glory, he also comes to be a strength and to give strength to his people, to pour strength in to his servants. And we'll be looking at some of the ways that, that we can receive and draw strength from the Almighty. I think maybe positioned in a way a little bit better that how we might encounter God, because it's when we encounter him that we receive strength from him. So this idea of receiving strength, the Bible tells us that God is our refuge and our Strength. God is our refuge and our a very present help in time of trouble. This idea that, that this awesome one, this awesome one who threw the stars into the sky, that he comes to be a refuge to us, that he may not be a physical underground bunker or a moated castle or a walled city. And yet, if we learn to lean in, somehow we find that he is a safe place that he is a place that we can come to and find protection. He is a refuge, and also he is a strength. He is a source of strength. He provides strength to his people. Moses and Miriam's song of deliverance that say, I will sing of the Lord. He is my strength and my song. He is my strength and my song. Now, I know kids in the room have got kids' packs, and, and one of the sheets has got the big idea. Well, the big idea is that our God is a strength to us. Our God, He is a strength. Isaiah sorry, declares, in the Lord alone are deliverance and strength. Let's consider that for a moment. That in the Lord alone are deliverance and strength. And Isaiah prays, Lord, be gracious. We long for you. Be our strength in the morning. I love that. And maybe over this summer period, as we camp around this idea that the Lord is our strength, that we might get up in the morning when we wake and just pray a simple prayer, God, be my strength today. Be my strength in the morning. Be my strength as I turn to you. And the Lord responds and says this, I will give strength to the weary and increase the power of the weak. And we'll come back to those verses in just a moment. He says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I will strengthen you. And I wanna speak to somebody here today and say he will strengthen you. Who, who needs strength from the Almighty today? Let me tell you, my friends, he will strengthen you because he is a strength. He is a source of strength and he delights to do that. Habakkuk says the sovereign Lord is my strength. These Old Testament heroes, they're not just trotting out a party line that God has given them. I believe they'd come to understand and experience and taste something of the Almighty in their lives as we can. And their testimony is, He is a strength to me. He is a source of my strength. Paul speaks of his trials and how there was a point where everybody deserted him. At the end of, of 2 Timothy, he talks about this. And he says, but the Lord... But the Lord stood by my side and gave me strength to carry on. Can you imagine your whole team deserting you, that hitting that moment of rock bottom in his life and ministry? But his testimony is, but the Lord, he gave me strength. He came by my side. And Paul goes on to say, I thank Christ Jesus who has given me strength. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so we begin to get this idea that God wants to impart something to us to enable us to do and be more than we would be without that. He prays, Paul, for the church that God would strengthen them with power to endure and to strengthen them in faith overflowing with thankfulness. I love this idea in 2 Chronicles 6 that says, The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. That I know here in the room, and some of you joining on, online, that the, there are many whose hearts are fully committed to him, who have positioned our lives to say, God, I want to serve you. Lord, I yield to you. Lord, not my will, but yours be done. We're trying to live out a God-honoring life. And the Bible says, the eyes of the Lord, they are scanning like a radar the earth to look for such as you. And when he sees that heart, he pours in his strength. What a thought. He is scanning for a people whose hearts are towards him in order that he might strengthen them. That he might strengthen them. In the book of Acts, God works through Paul and others and strengthens the disciples and strengthens the churches. In chapter 9, 31, after an incredibly demanding season, a season of persecution, a season of scattering, a season of difficulty, this is what the Bible says, then throughout Judea, Galilee, Samaria, they enjoyed a time of peace and strengthening, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, the church increased in number. I have a sense at the end of, uh, well, certainly at the end of the last 16 months, we don't know exactly what lies ahead, but this time God would come with a heart to strengthen his people to strengthen you. There's so many places where we could major today, but I'm gonna take us for our main text to the end of the book of 1 Samuel. If you've got a Bible, either physical or on your phone, and you could turn to it, why don't you come with me to 1 Samuel 30. We're gonna read the opening six verses, the story of David when he hits an incredibly challenging situation and he turns to God. This is what the Bible says, 1 Samuel 30. Verse one, who come up on the screen for you. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the, ne the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. But David found strength in the Lord his God. As we consider today finding strength and just open up uh, this idea for the coming weeks ahead, I'd like to draw some thoughts out of this story. The first thing of David I want to draw out is that he knew the source. He knew the source. What I mean by this is David knew that God Almighty was a source of strength and that he could come to him for strength. We need to know there is a source of strength beyond our, ourselves and beyond our situation. 
The situation here for David was desperate. He and his men, about 600 in total, they had left Ziklag where they were, where they were camped, where they were positioned, where their families were, and they had gone off to position themselves to take part in a, in a battle, which they ended up not taking part in, and they got sent home. But while they were away, the Amalekite raiders, they came, and they sacked Ziklag, and they took off the, all of the women and the children with them alive, and they ushered them off, and then they burnt Ziklag to the ground. Can you imagine David and the men turning, I don't know, coming over a hill or something where they could see home in view and to see the smoke rising from Ziklag? Can you imagine the first person to say something's not right? Can you see something's not right? I imagine they would all just start running towards Ziklag to see what on earth. And as they got nearer and nearer, beginning to see the devastation as everything they had had been burned to the ground, the smoldering ashes, and they walked amongst it. They didn't find bodies, but they knew that every wife and every child, every son and daughter had been taken away and they didn't know where they were. The anguish that they all felt. For David, the personal loss of his own loved ones. The Bible tells us the men wept till they had no strength left to weep. But for David also, the added responsibility of being the leader. And with that, the pressure as the other men started in their pain and their trauma to look for someone to blame. And who better to blame than the leader, the person that had convinced them to leave Ziklag in the first place. And they're talking about killing David. And the Bible says David was greatly distressed. What do you do in such a moment? Well, the Bible says that David found strength in the Lord his God. He knew there was one to turn to in such a moment. You know, it's my conviction that David had learned as a boy the reality of God in his life. God, sometimes he orchestrates situations. He allows things to happen so that we encounter him. And David, as a boy, had been sent out away from his father's house in Jesse in Bethlehem to look after the sheep in the field, just him by himself. And there he encountered God. There he learned a personal relationship with the Lord. And he learned that God was his strength. He's able to go to the battle line with, uh, with Saul where Goliath is bearing down on them several chapters earlier. And the little David's able to say to the king of Israel, the Lord who delivered me from the poor of the lion and the poor of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Why? Because he'd encountered God in private and he knew that God was a source of strength. Some of the Psalms that he wrote, we're told the circumstances behind them, and we see that they were written, they were birthed in him, and they were penned prior to Ziklag, prior to the story that we're reading today. Psalm 18, he says, I love you, Lord, my strength. I wonder if we could say my strength. You know, God doesn't want us just to know him as a strength. He wants us to know him as our strength, that we can get up and we can say, Lord, you are my strength. You are the strength of my heart. Psalm 22, David says, oh, my strength, come quickly to help me. Psalm 28, the Lord is my strength and my shield. When he's been hunted down to be killed just a, a little while earlier than the story we're in today, he wrote Psalm 59 as we know it. And he says, oh, my strength, I watch for you. Oh, my strength, I sing praise to you. What am I saying? David knew something about God that God is a strength. 
I want to encourage us that we would all know in our times of need, there is one who is not only strong, he delights to impart that strength to us. When we're feeling weak, when we're feeling vulnerable, when we're discouraged, when we're downcast, when life is tough, when we're weary, when we're exhausted, there is one who is strong and is not only strong, but pours his strength into our lives if we open our hearts towards him. There is a source of strength who is Jehovah. David knew there was a source. Many of us will have seen the, the world's strongest man. Have you ever seen the world's strongest man on TV? It's normally on around kind of Christmas time. It's, there's not many hands going up. Maybe it's just me. And they have these huge, these huge guys from around the world, built just like me. And um, they're like, they, they just do these incredible acts of strength. They've got these huge boulders. They, have you seen this where they lift these big stone balls up and get them on these pillars? Amazing. But for all the strength they have, they, they can't give that strength to others. They can bring a word of encouragement and affirmation as we all can. But they can't really impart that strength to somebody else. But God can. And he delights to. And he looks to you and he, he sees you. And his eyes are ranging across the earth to those whose hearts are fully committed to him. In order that he might pour his strength into your life. And David knew his God was a strength. He knew there was a source. When I became a Christian at the age of 17, I knew that I was a sinner in need of a savior. And I was convinced of the message of the cross. But I didn't know in that moment, on that day, that this God that I needed to come to and repent to find forgiveness also wanted to pour his majesty into my life. Wanted to pour his grace into my life, his love into my life, his hope, and his strength into my life. But I've come to know there is a source of strength for me. Can somebody say amen? amen. I'm not dismissing the importance of self-care, of looking after ourselves, of resting well, of of good exercise, of healthy eating, of good rhythms, taking Sabbath rest, all of these things can be good for us, of emotional restoration, attending to the emotional side of our lives, understanding what replenishes and restores and making time priority for those things, of attending to our mental well-being. I'm not dismissing any of these things. We should do our best to look after ourselves, to watch over our words and what we confess and what we speak out. But at the end of the day, I also have to understand that when I've done everything I can to look after me, there is one who will still pour strength in supernaturally. There is one I can turn to that in those seasons where I haven't looked after myself very well, there is one who is supernatural that I can come to for strength. He is a source of strength in our lives about 10 years ago, I had an incredible prophecy over my life and this man of God came and he, he spoke to me and he said, Martin, the Lord's gonna give you an assignment that is gonna seem overwhelming for you. But he said, like a toddler on his father's feet. And I don't know whether when your kids were little, if you did this, or when you were, were a kid, you, you, but when my kids were little, they, they put their little feet on my big feet, and they reached up their hands, and I took their hands, and, and I, I walked them on my feet. Do you ever do that? And he said, like a toddler on his father's feet, reach out your hands to God and he will walk with you. He will help you with the assignment he has given you. He will be your strength. Secondly, David not only knew the source, he knew the way. 
He didn't just know there is one who is strong and gives strength. He knew how to access that strength. At Ziklag, he doesn't have time to read a book or go to a conference or listen to a podcast. He is in a desperate situation, but he knew how to find God because he'd been there before. Somehow, he knew the way. And maybe some sometime in your life you have encountered God and you have known him to be a strength. Maybe you have, you have experienced that even this week. But if it's been a long time ago for you, I want to tell you, if you've been there once, you can go there again. And we need to understand that God helps us. Maybe you're a brand new believer and you're yet to experience this personal pouring in of his strength. Let me just say, if you open your heart to him, if you learn how to pray, if you just take a step of faith and make your experience of God personal and relational, you will find the way and know the way to access all the good things that he will pour into your life. In a few a week's time, by the grace of God, as a family, we'll, we'll get away for a few days to North Devon, to a place that we've been many times before. It's about a four-hour drive normally, and it's about 200 miles. But I want to tell you, although I might check the sat-nav to see if there are any roadworks or delays, I don't need my sat-nav. I know the way because I've been before. I can get us there. And there are little bits on the journey where I might not exactly remember the twists and turns of the road right now, but I'll remember them when I get to them because I've been there before. And it's the same for us in this walk. For David, he had been there before. He'd encountered God, and at this moment, he needed God. And the Bible doesn't tell us exactly what he did, but I... I have a suspicion that he would have just cried out to God. Maybe he got down on his knees in his desperation. Maybe he just turned away from the man. Maybe uh, he just found some space and poured out his heart and said, Oh God, I need you. I don't know what to do. The, the men are talking of killing me. and I, I, I need your help. Oh God, would you come to me? Oh God, I love you. Oh God, I need you. Oh God, would you help me? Lord, would you give me strength? I feel too exhausted. I don't know what to do. I, I don't know where to go. I don't know if we can win uh, this victory. I don't know if we can find our wives and our kids. And, and as he poured out his heart, I don't know this because the Bible doesn't tell me what happened, but I suspect something like that happened. And as that happened, I suspect he encountered the presence of God in his life. And suddenly faith began to rise within his heart. And he knew that God was with him. And he had the assurance of the Spirit. And his countenance was lifted. That hope of victory began to rise. That the promise of God that he'd spoken, that he was going to lead the people of Israel, was renewed within him. And instead of facing disaster, he had hope in his heart because he knew the way. He knew how to call out to God. He knew how to reach for this strength. A few chapters earlier, 1 Samuel 23, the Bible tells us that Jonathan had gone out to meet David. Jonathan, his friend, and it says this. This is what it says in chapter 3. And Jonathan helped David find strength in the Lord. Here in, in, in a moment by himself, he finds strength in the Lord. But a few chapters later, his friend had come alongside him and helped him to find strength. What a beautiful thing that in Christ-centered community, we can help one another find strength in the Lord. When we need a brother and we need a sister, that we can come close and say, let me pray with you. And we can help one another to find strength in the Lord. But David didn't just know the source, he knew the way. Something happened 
The Bible says, Isaiah 40, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall. But those who wait on the Lord will what? Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. It's not rocket science. We just got to come to him. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? I don't, I don't even know other than I know this. We just come to him. Just pray. Just make space. Just turn your face. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will find strength. This is what David did. He just came to God because he knew the way. The word in Hebrew the verses we get it in the English is a word hail. It's most commonly used in the context of, of the military and battle, a strong army or a strong soldier, and it can be translated as vigor or courage or capability. It means that as he came before God, he was strengthened to face the day. The courage rose within him to go back to the men and say, I think I know that God is going to help us. That he was able to move forward, able to face what was ahead of him, no longer feeling overwhelmed or intimidated. He found strength in the Lord. For some of us, we just have to look back on times where we know that we have come and we have found strength in the Lord. I know for me, worship is just such a personal key, just to take time to come before him and sing, just to lift my voice, just me and him. I know speaking in tongues is such a key. Sometimes when I'm feeling weary, if I engage and I pray in the language of the Spirit, and I keep going for something like 10, 15 minutes, I will physically feel the impact. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 14, that if a person prays in the Spirit, he edifies, she, he or she edifies him or herself, builds themselves up from the inside. And I physically feel a renewal in my being that comes from the Spirit. I have learned to draw strength from God. There is something for me in the presence of brothers and sisters in prayer that is like rocket fuel. When we come together and start crying out to God, corporate prayer for me, it just pours something in that place. I am strengthened in the Lord. So I'm so excited about Friday. We're not doing it online, but we're in person to come here and pray together. As a young guy, I learned we had a prayer meeting at my church. I was really new to faith, but it was at 11 p.m. on a Friday night through till 2 a.m. And often I would hit Friday evening exhausted from the week, really weighing up, did I, was I gonna go, wasn't I gonna go? I really wanted my bed. But I would go and I would pray and pray in alongside brothers with some strength and fortitude. Physically, I would be renewed. It was like something, a download from heaven. I can remember crawling into bed at 3, 4 a.m., getting up the next morning, I'm feeling alive, feeling renewed, defying the normal processes of life. In the presence of God, there is something, there is a strength for us. And we just have to make the effort to find the way. I know many of you in the room, you know the way and you know the source. Maybe you've not walked the way that much over the last season. And this is partly what this series is going to help us with, that we start to walk the way again. 
Maybe there's a path in your life that used to be a well-worn path, a path into the presence of God, a path to receive strength, and maybe it's a little bit grown over uh, because of the months that have gone by. But over these, uh, this summer period, we're gonna start going down these paths again, that we would find strength that comes from God, that we would encounter the one who is strong, the one who doesn't turn his face away from us, but turns his face towards us. Why doesn't the band come? And join me. But you see, David did not only know that there was a source, and he didn't only know the way. Thirdly, he made the choice. He made the choice. He did what he needed to do. Why would we ever not choose God? But you know, sometimes we can find ourselves stuck. Sometimes we can feel overwhelmed, the stress of a particular situation. And somehow, and it doesn't make sense in this moment while I'm preaching that this would be true, but sometimes prayer can become a last resort, not a first thought. But I've come today to remind us that we have to make a choice, a choice to look to Him, a choice to turn our hearts towards Him and to find strength in Him. And I want to put it to you that if you think David was an incredible man of God beyond, uh, beyond anywhere that you could ever get to, I want to put it to you that he was not in the best shape of his life at this time. You see, if you look at the context for the story, he's been, he's been anointed as a young man that he's going to succeed Saul as king over Israel. But then Saul becomes jealous and starts hunting him down and is after his life. And David ends up on the run. He's fleeing for his life. And time after time, Almighty God delivers David from Saul's hand. Supernatural provision. And at the end of chapter 61, where God has delivered David uh, from Saul's hand, we come into chapter 27. And David makes this faithless confession. And even though God has delivered him time and again, he says in that moment, or the Bible says, he thinks to himself, one of these days, Saul is going to kill me. The best thing I can do is go and live among the enemies of God. And he removes himself and he goes and lives in the Philistine territory. The very people whose giant he has slain as a young man. And he connects with a, a Philistine prince called Achish. And Akish makes room for him. And they make this connection. And he allows him to settle there. And he gives him Ziklag. And they have this rapport. And David goes back to him after various different trips and tells him what's been going on. And then where we get to in this story, the Philistines, they are garnering their army. They're gathering their people to go to war against Israel, to go to war against David's own people, the people that God has called him and anointed him to become king over. And he says to Achish, let me come and fight for you against his own people. I'm gonna tell you, I, as I read my Bible, the Bible doesn't tell me this, and maybe I'm wrong. But as I read my Bible, it looks like David is in a bit of a backslidden state. He's taken a faithless decision. He's living among his enemies. And he's got himself so far out of whack, he is about to go into battle against the people God has anointed him to lead to fight for the Philistine army. It is a grace from God that he doesn't get accepted. They get to the battle lines and the other Philistine commanders, they say to Achish, what on earth are you doing with this guy? He's one of them. He'll turn on us in battle. And Akish says, this guy is faithful. He's the real deal. He's going to be fine. They say, no way. You send him home. And they send him home. And while they are away, that is when Ziklag is sacked. It is a grace from God that David never went into that battle. 
But as I read my Bible, David doesn't look in the best shape of his life right now. Doesn't look like he's in the, oh God, I love you, I long for you. Where else can I go? He's got himself into a bit of a bad place. But here in the midst of this story, he makes a decision and he calls out on God and he finds strength in the Lord. I wanna encourage us that we just have to make a decision, make a choice, make a choice in these moments. Make a choice here today, make a choice tomorrow. Whatever state you've been in over the last few months. I was reading this story yesterday. I'd never noticed this before. It said David was in the Philistine territory talking about this season of his life for one year and four months. 16 months, it's 16 months to this weekend since our first online service at the start of lockdown, lockdown one. The same period of time to this moment where David called on the Lord and he found strength. Maybe over the last season, you've not been in the best place of your life. Maybe this season has taken a toll on you. I believe as I noticed that period, that the Lord encouraged me to say to somebody here today, if you reach out for me, you'll find I'm a strength. If you turn your face towards me, you will find I am a strength. Will you come? Will you come? Will you come? Maybe you feel a bit distant from God. I suspect David was not as close to God as he had been, but in that moment he called out and he found that his God was a strength to him. And God delivered him. And it was actually the beginning of the next season of his life where he stepped into being king of Judah and then king over Israel and the promises of God came to pass over his life. I wonder here in the room, can we stand together? At home, I'm gonna invite you, if you're online, to stand in these moments. The band are gonna lead us in this great song, God, I look to you, which I think is just such the right song for this moment that we might pray and lift our voices and say, oh God, I look to you. I love you, Lord, my strength. But I wanna invite any of you as I pray in a moment, maybe you've not been in the best shape, or while this song unfolds, if you need to just step out of your seat and come down the front, come and stand, step into the aisle, just as a, as a marker, just as a moment to say, Lord, I am coming to you. I need you in my life. I come a renew covenant with you. If you need to make a move today, it's gonna do somebody good to do that. Then come and join me down the front as we worship. God, we love you. We honor you. We thank you, Lord, that... When we are faithless, you are faithful because you cannot deny yourself. We thank you, Lord, you are a strength. We thank you, Lord, you are not just strong, but you are a strength. We thank you, Lord, when we come to you, we can receive strength from you. And I pray, God, as we step towards you, you would encounter us with your presence. You would renew fellowship with us in a tangible way. We thank you for your incredible grace. We thank you, Lord, that however many times we are faithless, you welcome us. We don't take your grace for granted, but we accept it as true and we come today to receive, to receive from your hand, to receive from who you are. And I pray you would pour into your people for the honor of your name. Church, let's worship.